What is the thing that we can all do to really support the growth and development of this child and raise their own belief in what's possible? The educational landscape has shifted. The social mobility is very segregated. Therefore, politically, the same thing is happening. The decisions you make around that child's education are of paramount importance. What can we do that would make educators' lives better? How do we make change that you can see in the classroom? They don't have summers off. They're not on a break. Most of the time that kids are not in school, teachers are still working. To impact our urban public schools, to impact the life of a child. We really wanted to elevate the profile of our city as well as elevate the opportunities that exist in education here. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miss Education. So today I get to sit down with my husband, Carlos Maestas, and I'm very excited about it. Hi, Carlos. Hi, Miss Education. <laughs> we got to do a really cool thing together this summer. I mean, we've gotten to do lots of really cool things together, but this summer we got to do an extra special cool thing together. Yeah, so we had an opportunity to go back to Liberia. Um, it was my fifth time going, and it was your third, third time going. Yes. And... I had an opportunity to go to Liberia back in 2010. I was invited by City Church, which is uh, uh, our church, but also uh, a it was a client back then, and I was helping them with some of their social action ministry. Um, and I went to be able to just basically to go document the work that they were doing. They um, were supporting the work of a nonprofit. Right, called Liberia Now. So right. shortly after the Civil War, there was a man named um, Emmanuel Giamfi, that sent an email to an evangelist um, that asked if they would come, he, if he would come and visit Liberia um, and, uh, and and do a conference um, for pastors. And he did. He did. And, yeah. and he had a close connection with some of the, the leadership with City Church. And so they did an exploratory trip. Um, and they decided to partner with, uh, with Pastor Giamfi and really focus on five core uh, areas of supporting. So they do pastoral training, uh, microfinance. Um, they do. Uh, they they sponsored kids to go to school. Um, they have a clinic down there, um, and water wells. So really, taking a holistic approach to the work uh, that they uh, were doing, and it's just been an incredible journey since then. So you went with them on that first trip, and you did a video series about the work that was happening, and then you came home. And we weren't married yet, I don't think, but no. we were already dating. And you were like, Jen, there's this education part of what they do, and you should get connected. And I was like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy at my own school. Like, why are you talking to me about this? And I was super stubborn about it. And then well, you went. You never traveled outside of the country. I had Mexico traveled outside count. of the country. Mexico doesn't count because yes, we used does. to be Mexico. Okay, he's only saying that because we live very close to the border. I went very frequently. He doesn't seem to consider that international travel. It was the first time you were on a plane. No, I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) 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 Anywho. No, okay. This this is important, though, because I, I do feel like... You know, there was a hesitation, and here's one of the, one of the things okay, that. Okay, but it wasn't about travel. It was. It wasn't I felt about like travel. I was you doing were, very good, important work right here. You were, and and I you am, did. I, you you do, but it wasn't like a fear of flying. But it was it was. <laughs> so here's one of the lines that that you told me early on when we were dating, which I was like, okay, this person is pretty awesome, and you said, 
look, look, I wanted to go into education because and and teach where I teach and and um, and do the work where I do it because if I were a doctor, I wouldn't want to be a plastic surgeon. No offense to plastic surgeons, but you you wanted to really feel like you were making an impact, and so you were like the where I'm doing the work. There's plenty of need right here, and I don't have to travel all over the country to to do it. And I was like, okay, all over the world, you mean to find that kind sorry. of need? Uh, that's right, or yeah. all over the world. So I, I admired that about you know your conviction and why you're doing the work where you're doing it. Um, but you 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 ended up coming, and what happened? It changed your mind. It changed your perception on things, didn't it? It did. Thank you. Fine. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was amazing and and I'm very grateful that we've had an opportunity to have that experience together but you know it it's it's something where I, I feel like everybody should if they have an opportunity do um, because it really does sort of I mean I change think everything. It, just, it changes your perspective, right? And it changes it changed my perspective. I won't speak for anyone else. This changed my perspective about the work that I was that I am doing. And and then that in turn impacted an entire school and city and so and a state. So it's basically I could take credit for all that. Okay. Right. Now you're getting crazy. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anywho the second or the third time that he asked me, I, I was talking to a, another principal friend of mine, uh, Melanie, and she said, Jen, I think you should try and you should go. And jokingly, I said, you know what? You want me to go? Come with me. And she took me up on the offer. She was like, OK, if that's what it takes to get you to leave the country uh, and experience the world, then I'll go with you. So her and I. Uh, signed up we were connected through a nonprofit called Liberia now and they were going to host a teacher work session and so Melanie and I planned guided reading instruction for a group of teachers from all over the region that Liberia now works with um, so that's what we did and we went and I realized very quickly that I was very foolish and that I actually absolutely love Liberia and I've been uh, two more times since that first trip. So this this trip that we're going to talk about today was actually my third time in Liberia. But it had been about six years since the last time we went. Uh, the last time we went was just before I found out that I was expecting our daughter Elise. And so we were. I took a little hiatus that summer, obviously. But then Ebola hit the country and there was a travel ban. So nobody was going to or from Liberia for a while. Um, and, and after that, it just the scheduling, the timing didn't work. So this is the first year that we had gone back in six years. And I will keep going back to Liberia. Um, forever as long as I can I think that once you hear the conversation so I took I took a microphone with me and I asked um, Game Day who produces the show and, and Geekdom Media if they thought that that was a good idea and they were like yes do it so I borrowed equipment that I know nothing about 
and I I messed it up the first time I tried using it and realized very quickly that I know nothing about this and so I had to try again Um, and we recorded several conversations and when you're listening to them you might hear a lot of background noise there's not a lot of really quiet places um, that we could get away to. So if you hear stuff, it's sometimes it's because we're talking in the courtyard of the school and there's a lot of stuff happening around us. Another time we were talking um, kind of out on a patio at one of the, the houses that we visited uh, nearby the school. So there's a lot going on behind us. But I think when you hear the actual conversations, you're going to hopefully understand why I love Liberia so much. So we're just going to press play. Jason, who's the engineer that puts all these podcasts together nicely, um, is here in the room, and he's going to help us work through some of the clips. So you might hear that too. (laughs) So we are going to listen to this first clip, and it's me sitting down with two of my Liberian friends, Bindu Dixon and Ama Miller. Uh, Bindu has been present at every trip. I... Love you, Bindu. Bindu does a wonderful job. Her hospitality is her gift um, and her talent. And so she just does a good job taking care of us, making sure that we are well fed and well taken care of. And Ama Miller is a teacher at Victory Life Academy, which is the school that we were visiting while we were there. And I got a chance to sit down and talk to them over lunch. So you might hear a little bit of background noise, but let's listen to what they had to say. Why don't you tell the story about, tell us the story about the first time we came to Liberia. The oh, first time we met hey. you Ooh, was a long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. When you came to Liberia, mm-hmm. but I met your husband first. Yes, he did. He came. He, he came, came like three times without me. Without you. Rude. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He came. Yeah. He came I met him me. before you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a great joy. Saving people from another land, yeah, that have come to partner with us to help us in many ways, yeah, helping our children. Some parents don't even have school fees mm-hmm. to school their children, yeah, and then you people came with that help. So, I mean, I felt so great helping in my own way that is serving yeah. you guys. That's why each time I hear about you guys coming, I'm willing to come and serve. Thank you. Prepare your meal and feel happy being with you. So Bendu has prepared all of our lunches the entire time we've come. Every time we've come. Every Every single time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually Carlos's fifth trip to Liberia. He's Mm -hmm. been here five times. Five times. Uh This is my third time. (laughs) Serving. Thank you. That's my Eva. We love you. We love your meals. We love you too. <laughs> um, so you have you lived here all your life here in Li- Liberia? Were you born here in the country? Yes, I was yes. born in Liberia. Yeah. And and you want to introduce yourself too? Tell us a little bit about yourself. My father came from Nigeria, and I was born here. He got naturalized mm-hmm. here. My mother is from here. Mm-hmm. She's from Cape Mount, a town around there called Clay. Mm-hmm. Again, I was born here. I went to school in Liberia here. Um, what was school like for you when you were going to school here? Well, for both was, of you, what okay. was it like? For mm-hmm. me, it was different from what we see now. Yeah. During our times, it was rote learning. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know? so just memorizing things. Just memorizing things. When the teachers say, we say, mm-hmm. you know, that we did, we, we did not have the opportunity that we learned to pass on to our children today. Right. Did you like school? Mm, I date partly. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially the rainy season. Yeah. I didn't like school. Yeah. Because it was serious. Yeah. But it's different now. First, I know what that noise was now. She was making tortillas, right? You were making tortillas in Liberia? And it it was just so hot that day. And we were sitting um, in a place that wasn't getting a lot of air. So she actually had a paper and she was fanning herself um, because we were dying. Like we we were sitting there and we were just basically melting into the chairs that we were sitting in. Like I've known Bindu for a long time now. And so... I really kind of wanted to get her perspective on what makes a good school a good school in Liberia. Um, and so she was just kind of explaining to me what her experience has been. And Ama was also, they're kind of hard to tell apart in their in their voices, but Ama was also explaining um, what it was like to be going to school during the raining season. And during the raining season, it, it's really a challenge because none of our like the schools aren't necessarily nestled into a neighborhood like you were out in the middle of a village and everybody lives pretty far away and there's not reliable transportation so most of the people coming to school are coming to school walking and if it's raining then that commute is even more difficult and more dangerous and so she that's the thing that stuck out to her that she remembers the most about being in school is that during the raining season it was especially challenging in many cases that hasn't changed since the time that ama was going to school i mean ama's a full-grown adult so she's been out of school for a while but there's lots of places where that hasn't actually changed very much yeah i mean um it was hard to get around in the suv that we were in right like just driving around um, navigating even the paved roads that were full of potholes and um and because we were there in the rainy season there were parts that were flooded and so everything just kind of stopped you know let alone like these remote villages where kids are, are walking um, and um, having to to travel really far to get to school and how how you navigate that when it's when it's raining and very dangerous um, so it hasn't that part hasn't really changed um, in some places it has but in other places it hasn't and in some places that it had changed it's it, they're kind of starting over because they experienced a civil war which I think I think later in some of my other conversations with them, um, they kind of mention it. So we can we can listen to another clip. Tell me a little bit more. What's different? What's what what has global change done in Liberia? Okay, we have less rain. Mm-hmm. The, the the season has changed. Yeah, like our rain starts from April, mm-hmm. but we started experiencing heaven falls June. Can you imagine? So, it's rained here almost every day since we got here. Okay, that was since you got here. Yeah. It started from the middle of June. Wow. It wasn't like that when we were in school. Right. We yeah. we, we experienced rains from April, mm-hmm. from the start of April, mm-hmm. June, July. It's heavy. Yeah, it's been. So now, which it's different. causes so much traffic and traffic. Yeah. oh my gosh the traffic has been really really so, a lot Bindu, did you like school when you were growing up yes yeah 
but uh, we never had the opportunity. Like my father was not a learned man. Mm -hmm. My mother was not a learned woman. Mm -hmm. So there was no money to school yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't easy sometimes. They would have to sell mm -hmm. to send us to school. And many times we were out of school because there were no money. Yeah. So it wasn't easy. We had a lot of challenges mm -hmm. on the way. That seems to be like a really common experience that yeah. you can go to school if you have the fees, but then yes. when you don't have the fee, yes. you have to just stop going to school yes. until you can have yes. the fee, but then you're behind, right? Like then you miss school. How do you get caught up yeah. from all the work that you missed while you were gone? How do you get caught up? Like, do you start okay. over? Do you start over or do you just... No, you can start over. You can't start over. You can start over. You start from where you stop. So if you miss the teacher's teaching, you just you just miss it. Yes. Miss it. You miss it. So just that must be hard too. If you very, miss very hard. Is it the same today or you think it's different? No, there is difference. Because now we see people like you people <laughs> helping with some scholarship. Like before, it was not easy. Mm -hmm. One of those that were up there was getting people that knew people, people yeah. that was educated. When you are educated, then you you have your friend, you will help a friend child. Mm -hmm. But now, by the grace of God, the gospel is spreading, so yeah. people are helping. Yeah. The question Jane asked, if a child now happens to miss some lesson. Mm -hmm. We have five yeah. days in the week. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't come for two days. Right. And then what I do in my class, I take you back because it's my passion. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forgot to mention that Ama is a teacher. What grade are you sponsoring this year? Yeah. What grade are you? Pre-first. Pre-first. Before first grade. Yes. Uh -huh. Before grade school. Right. Okay. Like I said previously, it's my passion. Like I have this huge hand full of knowledge that I need to pass on to the young ones. Mm -hmm. I did early childhood education. Yeah. So I it's like I have so many foods yes. in my hands. So whenever one have not eaten theirs for two days, when you come, I make sure you have something. Mm -hmm. I always feel left out when they are not around yeah. to have what they are supposed to have today in Liberia. So our children are very, very opportune and blessed, I would yeah. say, to have Jane around mm -hmm. and <laughs> partnering with us. with us. Because you people come not to condemn us, to take us at a level that we have not arrived. We are growing gradually, gradually we are going to get there. So I am just filled, like I said, this training is one of its kind. Mm -hmm. It's like a crash program. Maybe you would have spent six months, but you just did it in few hours. <laughs> you, 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 you compiled everything in a nutshell mm -hmm. and gave it to us. And we just grabbed. <laughs> and that makes me happy about this. Yeah. And I promise I'm going to keep connected. I want to keep I want to get there yeah. for the Liberian children yes. across the world. Yeah. I want every Liberian child to meet the standard out there. Yeah. 
Why is that important, do you think? Good. Because the world is full of challenges. Yeah. You must know how to read, mm -hmm. write, mm -hmm. understand, and comprehend. How do we get our kids to learn this? It starts from us. If I cannot read as a teacher, I cannot study, I cannot, you know, do my lesson plan properly and have some extracurricular activities mm -hmm. for them to know. Uh, we, we are not teaching them to be limited for Liberia. Right. We are training them, molding their minds for the international world. Okay, so <laughs> let me just jump in. Um, one of the things that I think is so beautiful about Liberia in every conversation that I've had, every interview that I've given, and there's, there's plenty now, you know, since 2010, I've had a chance to interview literally hundreds of people. And it's um, incredible how every single person that you talk to um, becomes an ambassador, not only for their just for their own story and telling their own story but for their country yeah. and here you have bendu who who I, I met you know on my first trip and she is she's an artisan cook like she's a chef like she's really really good at what mm -hmm. she does but you know you here you are talking to her it's, I think uh, it was Alma yeah Alma too uh -huh. so you know but you're but you talk to them both and you know they're they, they didn't prepare like we didn't send them no. like the questions ahead of time no, there's no speaking notes impromptu. that they're going at there's no teleprompter they're just speaking from their heart every single time because it's their life experience and 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 they never just think about their own story they're thinking about you know how to change the country and how to make it better for for the kids that that they love for their their family members it's 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 just incredible it is, and it's the thing that I always that always impacts me the most is thinking through. Like I feel like there's such big picture thinking. You know that th that's what they practice is this big picture, not not me and mine, but how do we make sure that our nation is sustainable? How do we make sure that our our children are competitive internationally? And thinking through their international presence is. It always makes me stop and think, man, do I think like that? Am I thinking like that? And I should be thinking like that. So like, what I mean, when you, when you went the very first time, like you obviously had no idea what to expect. I mean, how could you? Um, and so what was, what was it that really stood out for you on that very first trip when you kind of went in with this uh, idea of doing this teacher training for these educators um, that were in that school and, you know, and kind of how did that sort of change your approach, you know, that second day? Because you mentioned going with Melanie and... I think I just made a rookie mistake. And I, and the rookie mistake was not asking where do we, where what do you need? Instead, thinking through what do I have to offer and then, and then launching from there. Like these are the things that I know, so these are the things that I'm going to teach about. Instead of getting there and saying, where do, you, where do you want me to start? How can I help you where you are? Um, so this third trip, the third trip, I, that's exactly what we did. And I didn't, we didn't go alone. I should say that. We went with, yeah, two, with another couple, um, John and Amanda Pyle, whom we love dearly. 
and who are amazing all in their own right. And Amanda is also um, a teacher for Northside Independent School District. She teaches theater. And her and I, we made the decision early on um, that we were not actually going to go in with a pre-planned agenda, that we were going to go and we were going to do a kind of a listening tour and walk through classrooms and ask a lot of questions and then let that inform what we were going to do the next day in teacher training. And so I think that that was 10 times better than what happened the first trip. First trip, I just was thinking like, let me go tell them what I know instead of let me find out what they want to hear and what I can where they perceive the need for help to be. So I think that's the big difference between trip one and this trip. Yeah, and, and you know, this was really like an exploratory trip because the there's teams well, that there are teams so that have been since we've been there. Yeah. Yeah. But but we you know, we were invited to go and, and um to to really just tr- ask questions and of course mm-hmm. you know I, I got to you know get a lot more interviews and kind of um, update people on the progress it's been 10 years um, now since Liberia now started so um, a lot of time had passed um, so it was good to do that but but we we didn't go with any agendas I think that was like what we had learned is like let's just go and figure out like hey how what do you, you need how can happening? we help and the other cool thing is that when we first went we're partnering with one church there in Liberia who has since opened their own school. And I think that's really important to know too is that there's not a big organized public school system in Liberia. There are some government-owned schools or government-run schools that are public and free, but they're few and far between. So what's happened in Liberia is every, it seems like every faith-based organization has taken it upon themselves to start their own school and so there are so 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 many schools way too many schools in Liberia to even count because there are uh, so many faith-based organizations who have started their own private school so we've focused our efforts with this one school in particular that's attached to a faith-based organization And when we first got started, they did not have a school that they were running, but they had a vision for having a school. So we started those conversations with, well, let's let's just look at what instruction and what teaching and learning looks like in general. So the first time we went, that was what it was about. And we convened teachers from all over the region. They weren't in one particular school they were from everywhere the second time we went we i actually visited seven different schools um, just to kind of see what was happening and then after that visit our liberian friends actually came to san antonio to see schools and so this this trip and while they were in san antonio we visited two campuses and they kind of just listened and learned and looked at what education in the United States looks like. And then that kind of informed their vision even further. So this time when we went, we were actually going to visit the school that they established three years ago. So the school that we were at this time where Ama teaches has now been in existence for the last three years. So that was like a really cool thing to see um, because it had been so long since we'd been back. Yeah, I mean, it, so when we were there last time, it was it was just the foundation and and a few walls up and you know i mean it takes money to build to build a school and um so it was incredible to to see um what a collective impact um 
people coming together and trying to build something uh, there in Liberia um, can make and actually see kids um, in uniforms and teachers um, who, who are really passionate about what they do and getting a chance to have conversations with them. So part of what we didn't see in those six years that we were gone was like, how did all that come to be? How did they go through hiring? How did they find teachers? How did they recruit students? So I also wanted to ask everyone that I spoke to, why are you teaching here? How did you come to work here? What's it like being a new teacher? Um, So I talked to more than just Bindu and Ama. I also talked to a teacher named Mr. Brown. And I think in these next coming segments that we're going to listen to, it's a combination of Ama and Mr. Brown. So let's listen to the next clip. What do you mean? What's going on with their parents? Okay, the parents, some fought. Mm -hmm. Some was affected by the war. Mm -hmm. They have been traumatized since then. And now they take it up on the children. Like you are old enough, go out there and sing for yourself. So these children come to the classroom saddened. And you being a teacher, not just a teacher, but a professional teacher, you should know from the expression on their faces. We teachers start their day. Yes. From the expression on your face to them. You go, give a smile, give a hug, squat down to their level ask a few questions, cheer them up, and make them to know that they can make it. They are the future leaders. We are responsible for that as teachers, caretakers, parents. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do. And we believe in this generation that they are going to make a change Yeah. through our partnership with you, God first, we're going to make it. Yeah. In my class, my children read. Your children are amazing. The right. I was so impressed. They all, they were so happy to see us and they gave us a great welcome. <laughs> and I have a history. Yeah. You know, I met Benu when I was in Ghana. Benu brother is a fashion designer. Really? Yes. No in wonder Ghana. you always look so fancy. And when he <laughs> saw me, he was like, hey, come. I was like, oh no. <laughs> come. He said, Oh, just come. You look like my sister. <laughs> you do look alike. Yes. So I walked over. He said, I talked to you because you look like my sister. You reminds me of her so much. Well, when you told me you were twins, I believed you and for a sister. second. And then I saw your face and I said, They're not twins. <laughs> so, and when I came, we, we got friendly actually. He became my friend, mm-hmm. you know. And I had to leave Ghana to come back to Liberia. He sent me to Benu for the very first time. And when Benu met me and knew that I was a teacher, not just a teacher, but she sensed I was a called teacher by God. Yeah. She told me, she said, Miss Miller, my church is going to build a school. I'm serious. It's a life story. I believe you. And I would like you to be one of the children's teacher. I love it. The way you, <laughs> you attend to the children, I love it, Miss Miller. So I told her, I said, how long would that be? She said, maybe some five years from now. And we wow. departed. Wow. She went and I went. Yes. We hardly communicate like that. Yes. So one day I was like, my cousin called to check on me. Uh-huh. I said, oh, where I am? I said, I won't be with them. She said, for what? You're a good teacher. 
But let me talk to Benu. <laughs> she called Benu on the line. Benu said, hey, Miller, let me call somebody. That's... She called Mrs. Tuber, the principal yeah. for my school. And they talked, they said, send her. And Mrs. Tuber, my birth is a zoo. You can't finish discovering her. She, we did online interview. Mm -hmm. She told Mr. Brown, don't give her no tests. I know what she can do. That's amazing. I'm, I'm telling you. She saw it in you. She we you spoke. Were... Yeah. We talked yeah. online. Yeah. She said, come to this workshop tomorrow. And since then, I've been in the school for two years. That's amazing. Because of this lady sitting right yes. here. Yes. She. <laughs> you know, the Bible tells us to speak positive things. Yes. A life and death lies in the power of the tongue. Proverb 18, verse 21. So, Benno spoke positive thing, I believed, and God worked it out. Yeah. It came to pass. Yeah. Can you imagine? I've been here two years. It is the Lord's doing, and God used Benno to me. Yeah. And I don't intend living Villa. We are one big family. So, when I listen to that playing back, it just strikes me of, so many similarities. I know that we're worlds apart, but there's so many similarities in the work that we're doing here. We're creating teacher networks and strengthening those teacher networks and creating spaces where we can thrive together and connecting people to other people that we know. And that's exactly what happened with Bindu and Ama. And I was, I, I'm remembering sitting there thinking, even though we're so far apart and even though there are lots of things that are so different about us, we're so we're just the same we're the same Every, everything about what we're doing when she talks about you know I do this because it's my passion and I do it because it's it's the future and I do it because I have this handful of knowledge that I'm I'm willing to give away and when she's talking about um, how the teacher is it, it's more than just teaching it's greeting your students with a smile and understanding the hardship and the heartache that somebody might be walking into the door with um, and and knowing that you're socially responsible more than just academically responsible and I just think sitting there thinking through like how different we are and yet it's all the same thing everywhere we are it's 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 the same stuff it's teaching that's what we do it's teaching it is the same yeah and it, it's a desire to want uh, something better for your kids that you see um, with every you know parent that that uh, is dropping their kid off at school and 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 many of them though having to be faced with the difficult decision of which kid gets to go to school because not everybody does and um, and you know the the educators understanding like how important their role is like it it truly is is nation building it really is i get inspired every time i talk to them we're very different but we're also very much alike um and i talked to ama and bindu and then i also spoke to mr brown who's another teacher at the school and we're going to listen to his clip too because what he says and what it, it kind of leads into the conversation that I had with Bindu and Ama about why, what makes a good school a good school in Liberia and how they came to be connected to Vila. Um, so they're a little out of, like this isn't part of the conversation that I had with Ama and Bindu, but it is related to that question of what makes a good school a good school in Liberia. 
Um, and, and then we'll listen again to Ama and Bindu. So we talk all of the time about how do we create schools that are accessible to everybody, that if you want to go to a great school, you can, um, that your great schools don't only exist in wealthy neighborhoods, that great schools aren't accessible to only children who have a lot of money. And here it sounds like there's that same conversation is happening in Liberia, that we're trying to create opportunities for students to be able to go to school because everybody here doesn't have the opportunity, right? So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, oh, for that, I would like to appreciate you a lot for uh, this uh, opportunity that you have provided to our students. Because indeed, yes, it's true that not everyone has the opportunity to go to good schools. And so because of that, we found out that many of, of our kids they are not going to school or going to school that is not a good school. Liberia now is an exceptional partner with Victory Life Academy because they have done so much in our country and um, we are so proud of them and we thank God for this organization because um, we have many of our kids coming to Vida and Vida is one of the great schools in our country. Yeah, so tell me about what in Liberia, what is it that makes a good school? A good school. Like, what are those things that parents are looking for when they're trying to choose a school? Because here, parents can choose to send their student to school wherever, right? So how does a mom or a dad decide, like, this school is a good school in Liberia? Well, in Liberia, uh, there are several factors that parents look at to um, say that this school is a great school. The first thing is the facilities of the school. Now, when we talk about the facilities, we're talking about um, the school having a well-equipped laboratory, library, uh, computer lab, classroom that are accessible, that have good atmosphere for learning, and uh, also the teachers. They, sh- they should be qualified teachers in the school, and uh, there should be some level of moral standard set in that school. You see that there are many parents that are unable to kind of curtail their children' behavior uh, to kind of like, because they are busy, they love them so much, they are unable to put that rebel kind of discipline in their kids. So they try as much as possible to find schools that will help. I was listening when we got here, I was listening um, to a talk show on the way from the airport to the hotel. And the host of the talk show was saying that there are some people in the country who have like a dependent mindset where you really want, they want somebody else to do for them. And that they, because of that, they are, have trouble telling people, no, they let people do whatever they want because um, they don't want to make anybody mad. Because if you make somebody mad, you might not get the help that you need. What do you think about that? The host was right, but you see, there have a little point towards that, different point towards that. Because of the situation in the country, it makes people to kind of like do anything just to get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it, it's not that they have that dependent mindset. Actually, there are some people in this country that do not have that basic need. And so if you ask someone that, is, that has the upper hand mm-hmm. come across such person, mm-hmm. that person feels intimidated. And that person kind of do everything okay. to place you yeah. so that they will find favored from you. Mm-hmm. I think it is from that point yeah. 
that people try to bring themselves at that level. Thanks for explaining that to us. So uh, I love Mr. Brown. I love Mr. Brown because he is the epitome of everything that you would want in a teacher. From a school leader's perspective, he's, he's all the things. He's pedagogically sound. He is passionate. He, I mean, he's, he's literally all of the things. Um, and he has, again, it's like with that big picture thinking where he's thinking about more than just what's happening in school, but like what's happening in the culture of Liberia and what's happened to the culture uh, and the mindset of Liberians post-Civil War. So it's just really interesting to me to hear him. And I was, we, we had a lot of time in the car, right? In Liberia, yeah. like we just we were in, we were in the car a lot, and some of that time it was the radio that was playing, and other other times it was talk it was like shows. conversations <laughs> that we're having. Well, no, so and that's again like thinking about everyone being an ambassador that we connect with, like even a driver that didn't have a, a connection with with Liberia now, certainly not other the school. Than to- Take right. us around, right? Like he is, he was, he was basically being hired to get us to where we needed to be yeah. safely. Hey, Harrison. Yeah, hey, Harrison. Shout out, you're the man. <laughs> um, and but but like that's like to me that was like well, that's like the best part is just having conversations with people when there's no, you know, that there's no camera, there's no, you know, and, and they weren't being recorded, and some of the conversations that you get, and all of them just have such an incredible perspective on you know, what the country needs, you know, what the deficits are and, um, and just a genuine, like, like, (laughs) like longing for something bigger and and better for the next generation. Right. Totally. Um, which is exactly what I think Mr. Brown's perspective lends. Um, I like talking to him because he, he can kind of dive deep too. Sometimes Mm -hmm. like he gets really into it. He kind of geeks out about all things education, which I appreciate. Dude, he totally reminds me. He, he, he reminds me of somebody that you would have like hired and been like, (laughs) that's my, that's my guy. I'm like, like, you know, there's, there's people you've introduced me to that you've believed in and like, you know, that you're like, this guy is meant to do this work. He's good for kids. That's the bottom line. Like anybody, yes. And Alma is too. I'm not saying yeah, Alma's not. Um, I just liked the conversation. That it reminded me, like that was a good fit for what we were talking about. So we can listen to to the rest of my conversation with Alma too because I asked her the same thing. Like And, and Bindu, what makes a good school? What makes a good teacher? Um, and we talked a little bit about how they establish a class identity at the school. And, and that was a lot of fun for me too because that's something I wasn't expecting. And we walked into the school, we were greeted and every class we went to had established like this class identity. So I think that's what we're going to hear now from... Um, Ama and Bindu. What is a good school in Liberia? What What does it take? What makes a good school in Liberia a good school? What when I look at as a good school, mm-hmm. I first look at the vicinity. Yeah. The location of the school mm-hmm. to the people that makes the school. Yeah a school. Then we come to the academic aspects of the school. Like I said, the people. Because we have a teacher who look at teaching as a job. It, it's in a job. It's a career. Yes, ma'am. 
<laughs> All right? I didn't go to school for this. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I did not go to teaching college. Yeah. When I was in the church, our brother spotted this gift of teaching. Mm -hmm. So while in exile, I started attending workshops, mm -hmm. you know, putting my little stuff together. Mm -hmm. And now here I am. I'm a professional teacher. Yeah. I'm children's teacher. So it's the people that make the school. A good school. A good school. I couldn't agree more. And it's the relationships that you build, the relationships you build with each other, the relationships you build with your kids, with your parents. You just took that out of my mouth. <laughs> Teacher-parents relationship is very important. Yes. But we haven't really understand that in Africa yeah. yet. Yeah. Okay, let me just say some part of Africa. Mm -hmm. It's important the parents relate to the teacher, the teacher relate with mm -hmm. the parents. Mm -hmm. Because if you tell your daughter or your son that, look, if this homework is not done, you are crying it. Yeah. And I'm going to call Miss Miller. Yeah. You bet. Mm -hmm. You don't want Miss Miller to hear that. Yes. Because of the relationship that you have with them. Have with them. Mm -hmm. So they always want the relationship to be on the cultured mm -hmm. platform. Yeah. So. The child would come up and say, I will do my homework. Please don't tell Miss Miller. It's not that Miss Miller is bullying the child or whatever. All I do is like, I'm not going to be your friend if you cannot listen <laughs> to mommy. Yes. Mommy just called me. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord said we shouldn't do this. I didn't teach you this. This is not right. Okay. You're going to become a parent tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You don't have to disrespect her. You don't have to disrespect your Daddy, look, we can work it out. Yeah. What's the problem? Yeah. The relationship. Yes. We talked, the tummy, mm -hmm. and sometimes our parents don't really have the patience mm -hmm. with the children. They beat them, which of course I can't do. It would become a problem. They might take me to the court yeah. or somewhere. Right. Okay? So I try to educate the parents, how to go about this child. Yeah, I think that's something that most people don't realize about the profession of teaching is that you're actually not just teaching children. You're also many times teaching the parent. Exactly. Like you're not just teaching a student how to read or write or do math, but you're also at the same time you're teaching a parent how to discipline in ways that don't involve hitting or hitting. that don't exactly. involve, you know, just being mean or you're also trying to teach parents the importance of like a nutritional diet yes. or good sleep habits or you're trying to teach parents um the importance of getting your school to school your child to school on a regular basis like, so much of teaching isn't just about what happens in the, the class classroom. exactly it's not and we mold minds yes we we we, we impart you know relationship with other children mm -hmm. like my class you know you know my class name yeah. the class of what uh dreams was it the dreams? class of love, love. the so, class of love yes and we should tell you that their classrooms they give themselves names so there was yeah. hers is a class of love mm -hmm. um i went into the class of um i know i went into the class of dreams i went into Undisputable wisdom, okay. um, a class of power, wow. and I thought, "Wow, this is real." And that's how they introduced themselves. They yes. stood up and said, 
Welcome to the class of love. <laughs> he said, welcome our special visitor. You are welcome to the pre first class, the class of love. <laughs> they know how to share. Yes. If someone's birthday comes up, whatever chocolates they brought, mm-hmm. they share. That's really they sweet. sing birthday song, they walk. Mm-hmm. They come up, miss me the test, I'll test. And I do the same. Yeah. Sharing, you know, mm-hmm. so it's beautiful working with children. It is. Um, what's your favorite thing about being a teacher? Oh, like my your God. favorite thing about it. The favorite thing about being a teacher is the love <laughs> for them. Yeah, because if you don't love a child, there's no way you can see anything good in them. You're so right. You must love all of them, see them as you, you are them. They are, they are us. They're just little versions of us, you know? I yeah. love that she said that. Yeah, you know, and, and um, so so just quickly to talk about the, the history. So they, in Liberia, there's such a, um, a feeling of connection with America, like America's the big brother. Cause like, you know, going back to the history, you know, the Liberia was founded by, um, by slaves that were freed and, and went back to, to Liberia and, and, um, uh, and they're, they still love us. They, they're, they, they see we were America as a, as terrible a big brother. to them and they still well, love we, us. Well, we, you know, there's, there's like a level of respect and, and, um, and I think that, uh, the constitution was, was, you know, written in, in Harvard and, and there's just, there's so many like parallels, even the flag looks like, you know, an American flag. Um, and so I just think that, that, um, it's interesting when you go and thinking like this dynamic of, of feeling like we're going to go and, and they, they're eager to learn from us, but, but we go and, and it's really us that oftentimes are doing the learning. So like when you, when you went, like, what do you feel like you, learn from your experience going and, and talking to to these educators um, at the school at BIA? I think what surprised me the most what I what I've taken away from every experience is that we're more alike than we're different everything we do there's such a close connection um, and it it almost gives me even more pride in our profession because we are this big class of people teachers you know like we're just yeah. We're so much more alike than we are different. We care about the same things. We care about we care about our kids. We care about the impact that we're having. We care about the future we're creating. Um, and in the beginning, I thought nothing would be the same. Like I thought going around the world, what could I ever have to offer? Or um, would they be ready for what? I mean, I was naive, so I thought stupid things. I just thought dumb things. Would they even be ready for what I have to offer? Um, how could it? How could it? How could what we were doing or saying be relevant? And then sitting down and really getting to know people over the years that we've been um, going—it's just like everything is relevant. Everything we do, everything they say. Every every time I go, I'm as inspired. I walk away from the conversation inspired and recentered and grounded in some fundamental beliefs that have nothing to do with practical things like uh, all this all the stuff that 
starts filling up my head as soon as I walk into school, like schedules and, you know, just silly things. I, I can't even articulate. I'm not doing Ped- a good job. Pedagogy. Art- like all, all the things that would fly pedagogy. over my head because I'm not an educator. <laughs> It's you, not that. You, it's are, all you, the other are you not details. saying him because you don't want me to feel dumb right now? No, I'm not it's not that. Education. I'm just not being articulate right now, probably because I'm two glasses of wine into this conversation. That's usually when you are the most <laughs> articulate. I don't even know what you're saying right now. I What I'm trying to communicate is that there are a lot of unnecessary details that consume so much of my thinking that it erodes the big picture for me. And when I go to a place like Liberia, I am deeply re-centered in big idea things and that's what I've learned by going to Liberia and I've actually learned too that I need that I need that as much as they may need help with pedagogy or help with uh, classroom management or help with whatever it is I almost need it equally to be re-centered to big picture thinking because I get lost in all these other minutiae yeah yeah does that answer your question? No, I mean, that was a pretty damn good answer. Good work. <laughs> so the next thing that we are, are going to listen to is I, I actually sat down and I asked Mr. Brown the same thing. Like, what's your favorite part about teaching? And, and like, what is um, what are some of your other favorites? And I enjoyed his answer so much because I could relate to it. So we're going to listen to Mr. Brown tell us about his favorite. Tell me about your favorite student. Well, uh, my favorite student is in the sixth grade, uh-huh. and she's the main feeder for this school year. I met her. Yeah, okay. Her she's name is Diana Rose Okran. Yeah. Amazing. She she amazed me a lot because uh, she was in the fourth grade when I taught her math mm-hmm. and English, I think, a year ago. And from the fourth grade, she got promoted to the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. In the fifth grade, she should be in the fifth grade this year. Yeah. But because of Advita, we don't waste students' time. But we see that you are capable of handling certain class materials mm-hmm. based on your performances. Mm-hmm. We kind of push you up. Yeah, and you call yeah. it a double promotion. Double promotion. Right? So and she so was. She got a double. She promotion. got a double promotion to the sixth grade. And guess what? What? When she entered the sixth grade, she became my favorite student <laughs> <laughs> because because um, math many students see math to be challenging, to, to be a nightmare. And in our country, not many students like math. But seeing a female like her always coming first, mm-hmm. it makes me to, to actually like her, mm-hmm. but I don't show it. Because yeah, yeah, we yeah. are not to show I it. Know, yeah, I know, I so, know, I <laughs> know. So, but um, she actually my favorite. Always waiting to learn. Yeah. And one thing I like about her is that if I teach and she doesn't understand it, I feel like she understood it, but she will come to me. Uh-huh. Mr. Brown, I didn't understand how you did this. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be like, wow, she needs something. She so wants to. I have to give her this attention. She has that ambition yeah, to, the do, ambition to, uh, to do, to, to excel, yeah, right? To, to, excel. to just be the really good at things. Yeah. How, did, how did she come to be Miss Vila? Well, um, or what is Miss Vila first? Of good. Um, Miss Vila is like the queen mm-hmm. for the school. Actually, I am the program planning director for the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the school. Th- this year is the school third year. Yeah, and the school hasn't celebrated her uh, anniversary. Right. I met the administration and I said, I think 
there is a need for us to kind celebrate. of celebrate yeah. the third anniversary. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, they endorsed that and they told us to form a committee and we formed a committee. Uh-huh. And in the committee, we discussed what are activities that we can kind of bring up mm-hmm. that will make our students to love it yeah. and kind of participate. Get excited and get over excited it. Uh-huh. So, um, and I thought of, because in Liberia, we like to do things, the same thing. Yeah. People copy the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and as an educator, I learned that we should be Creating. creators. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I decided to kind of incorporate it with a pageant. Like, nice. Yeah. So we refer to it as Miss Fida and Mr. Fida. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they carry out some, you know, performances, some speeches, and they, they answer some questions. Mm-hmm. And actually, through her performance, yeah. she won. What does she think of, of <laughs> she, being she Miss feels she she. <laughs> She thinks that she's the leader because most often when you hold title like this, people look at you. And uh, her attitude, her performance needs to match with everything. Yeah. So, so have you she seen has her behave differently? Since? Oh, yeah. 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 She has she to. She has her head because, a little higher. Because the, the, fact, the fact of the matter is, <laughs> as soon as she does something contrary. Right. Students will kind of say, wow, is that a mess behaving like that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so now everybody holds her everybody to a high standard. High standard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know we're not supposed to have favorites. <laughs> I also know we all do. So I don't know yeah, what you to better say hope, about that. But. You better hope those students aren't, aren't like fans of miseducation because you just outed <laughs> Mr. Brown. I know. <laughs> but listen, I also got a chance to talk to Ms. Vila. Um, in a separate, on a, a different day, she came to, to talk to me and tell me about a, the project that she had worked on. And uh, she started talking and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Is it okay if we record the conversation? Yeah. And so she said yes. She's awesome. She's amazing. You're like, I get it. She's, oh, she was she's so good. my favorite now too. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to listen to her tell her story. Um, she, try not to be impressed. I mean, it's a challenge. Like, I, I don't know how you could hear what you're about to hear. And I'm also jealous because, like, I, I never received a double promotion. Like, I, uh, like I really got, like, a double demotion, you know, before. But <laughs> You might have. I probably have, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I got a double promotion when you said you'd be my wife, though. Boom. You're cute. Nice. Don't take away from Miss Vila. Let's oh, listen sorry. to Miss Vila. Yeah, okay. Miss Vila gets the double. She's already received her double promotion. So let's listen to her story. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Will you tell everybody what your name is? My name is Steiner Rusby O'Crown. Awesome. And I saw you at school the other day, right? Yes. Yeah, you were sitting right in front, and when your teacher asked you a question, you gave a great answer. And you have something else you want to tell everybody today, right? Yes. I want to tell you people about my project. My project is about funding or child education. I write about what I have been seeing on my way to school and what I have been doing about my project. On my way to school, I saw a little boy sitting at home and I asked him if he was going to school and he said no. And I asked 
him why he said that his parents or fox can't afford it. Then I also asked him if he had eaten, and he said no. In that movement, I gave him $40 of my lunch for him to buy himself something to eat. That was really nice of you. What made you do that? Because I was just coming from wasting my food when my mother was telling me that some children are looking for it and I'm wasting it. <laughs> and how did that make you feel when she told you that? It made me afraid. Well, you know what? I tell my kids the same thing when they're wasting their food. I tell them there are other children who don't have that and you're just sitting here wasting it. So I guess all moms tell their kids that, huh? Yes. Yes. What did you decide to do about that in your in your presentation? I decided to tell you so that you can help me to give me some of those children schools materials like shoes, uniforms, socks, textbooks, and so on. And you won a contest, didn't you? I did that by speaking well, modeling well, and teaching math on the board. People always call me your royal highness or Miss Villa. What an honor to be your royal highness and Miss Vila. That's in pretty incredible. Thank you for coming and talking to me. What is this that you wanted to show me? I wanted to do my introduction, my message of the day, and I also have a gift for you people. Well, thank you. Okay, let's hear your introduction. Firstly, I would like to say a heartfelt thank you to the board sponsors and donors for the kindness you are doing for our country, Liberia, and our school, Villa. I pray that you will also extend it to the communities as there are still more children that need this help or can't afford the fees. God bless you. Thank you so much. I think that's going to mean a lot to a lot of people. Thank you too. My message of the day. Children are leaders of tomorrow. And can they lead if they can't read and write? These beautiful kids are all out of school and displaced or misplaced as a result of poverty and poor leadership ability. With the help of good people in the world, we can build or create spaces in schools to give them free education. Some of these kids have never been to school or set foot in classroom. Service and humanity and all that matters. May God bless you, Dino Rosby, O Grandfather of Face. That was awesome. Your teachers have done a wonderful job. You have worked hard. And I want you to keep working hard so that next time that I come to visit you, we can sit down and talk to each other again. Yes, I want for you to see what I have been doing for my project. You started that. So tell us what FACE stands for. FACE stands for Fund or Child Education. And when did you start this? 2016. I do that with a little help of my mother. <laughs> she helped me by advising me to keep some of my lunch so that she will add something to it to pay the vulnerable child fees. And how old are you? 
I'm 10 years You're old. You're 10 years old. What grade are you in? I'm in the sixth grade. I've already helped five children. Really? And what did you help them do? I helped them to go to school and study to make good grades so that they will help others too. And you guys have to wear a uniform to school, right? Yes. I got my uniform from the Avira schools. And so how did you help your friends get their uniforms? I helped them get their uniforms by paying for it. And your mom said that she would give you a little bit of extra money if you did what? If I keep some of my lunch and do well in school, I have to be on the honor roll list. <laughs> I have to study. My teacher is Mr. Christopher Bolaolo. He thinks like a little girl like me have a big man helping children to go to school. My mom tell me that I'm not small in the house of God. It's a great reminder to everybody. Because I think sometimes even grown-ups can feel like they're small. And we all need to remember that we have big, great minds that can accomplish great things. You are an inspiration. I kind of lost it after that. I'm glad I stopped recording because, shit, I needed that reminder. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's 10. Ah, oh, man. Just like the level of, of authenticity and, you know, I mean, she just answered every question that you had, like, with without hesitation. Without pause, without hesitation, without reading any prepared answer. Like, she, she blew me away. Really, truly, like, just... She was everything that we try to design for right now like we think about school design and we think about project-based learning and the tenets of project-based learning are to see a problem that's relevant and that we could solve for that we could at least try to solve for Um, and then letting students do that and so her telling that story of seeing her her fellow community members not going to school or not having eaten and then deciding to maybe put some money away and start a fund and that it was going to be matched like whatever she put away she talked her mom into matching it if she was on the (laughs) honor roll so she doubled her efforts by working hard and then she turned around and said "Um, I'm going to help these five students and and then like her self-awareness like this isn't a small thing like even though it's even though it's only five people, she knew, like, this is not small. I'm not small. I, I have, I'm having great impact right here. Yeah. I can't even. I don't know what else to say about it. I have to. She's the reason the work matters so much. Like, they're, they're you know, she's, she's who we got a chance to connect with. But she's not, like, the only. Right. The only, like, person that had the perspective and. Um, who understood the opportunity that an education gives you. Um, and I mean, every, every student I've interviewed and has, has, has said that, has said, I want to do this so that I can make a difference for my country. For every, my, every for student, my family, for, for my, my f- friends, for my community, for, for all the students who have just even a little bit less than I do. And, the, and then I love, 
I love that Mr. Brown said, you know, this is this is especially important because this is a young lady who who is going to become an educated young lady. And you know, they have a very at the school, they've taken a very progressive stance on gender equality. Yeah. Um and they've made sure that like historically it's been the boys that have been sent to school. I think in the nation there are more literate males than there are females who are literate. Even though I will say too that they have had most recently a female president that was super progressive and an excellent role model. It was Harvard educated. Um so they're they're just more attuned to it. And you know Mr. Brown talked a little bit about how important it was and how he recognized that she she's a leader in in math classes and that there's not a lot of peer of of students in general that want to be math leaders but that this little girl is in it like she's wants this um and so i think the next clip we're going to hear is mr brown talking about just gender differences in particular in liberia i read a statistic that it's like only 20 percent of the women are literate yeah and so that's surprising to me and and that is in comparison to men it's much it's much lower like yeah. men are the literate people in in your country so the fact that the school has so many females Female. yeah but you, you see um this is because during those days mm-hmm. uh, the mindset of our parents is that female uh they are to take care of their homes yeah they are they're caretaker the of the home they're the nurture. Uh-huh. They are caretaker. They are uh-huh. they are not to go into public places right. and all that stuff. So you will like notice, it's changing yeah, a little. you will notice that a family will kind of put all of their resources in a boy, yeah. in a male, yeah, because they feel that the male is the one that is the breadwinner. Sure, but, but here at Vila, mm-hmm. you yeah, but you decided um, the school decided to try to be as close to fifty percent boys and fifty percent yeah. girls, yeah. right? Yeah, that is because that is because it has changed, mm-hmm. and thanks to our former president, mm-hmm. Madam Erin Jersey, who Sally, was a female, who was the female yes. president. Yeah, yeah, and which she, congratulations because we have not been able to do that in course. the United States. <laughs> we have not had a single female president ever. Yeah, yeah. There have been those who have tried, but they haven't been successful. Of course. And your president. She was so well loved and respected. And, yeah, and she did great things. And she did great things, yeah. And through her, we we noticed that their percentage started to increase mm-hmm. in students because there were opportunities given to girls to learn to go to school, and opportunity given to women to kind of go into public places. Yeah. So um, it is it's a good really thing now exciting. because it is a sad thing now with the world we live in now. Yeah. The men cannot do all alone. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So it's we good. need each other. We, yeah, we need. We, we, women can't do everything alone. I sure. Think. Like we have to have. We each have other. to have each other yes. together. Yeah. So I, I think it's important uh, to mention, you know, that um, you know during the the second civil war, um, uh, there there was a there's an incredible documentary called uh, "Pray the Devil Back to Hell." Um, and uh, it came out in 2008, and it really documented 
this movement um, from the Women of Liberia Mass Action for Peace organization that started, and it was a it was a, a, a movement started by women that organized Christian uh, Muslim women that, that came together. They all wore white, and it started off um, uh, by them just singing um, and praying for peace and doing nonviolent protests. And they really created a movement and contributed to ending the the civil war. And and, and so uh, I mean, and it led to Ellen Johnson Sirleaf that 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 became the president and became and, and won a Nobel Peace Prize. So I mean, having women educated and and, and the mark that they've made on their country, you know, is it's it's uh, it, it it is ingrained in, in their history and and it's why they have progressed to where they are. Um, so not only are they you know a big part of their their history, but they're going to continue to be an incredible part of of their future. I freaking love it. Like I just I freaking love it. I love talking. I loved talking to Mr. Brown about this. I loved hearing Diana's own words and and feeling that she knows her impact and her worth and feeling like she she knows that she can that she's got some control right that she can negotiate and that she can problem solve i just i loved everything about it and so you know in in my in my life here in san antonio i'm frequently surrounded by people who have the opportunity to go visit schools all over the place and they are they're looking at going to visit exemplar schools which I haven't had much experience doing, honestly. And so on my way to Liberia, I was kind of contemplating and thinking through, like, would, it, would this be different if I were, if I knew ahead of time that I was going to go see an exemplar for something that I was wanting to replicate or wanting to scale? And I wondered if that is not where I should spend more of my time and more of my investment. And I just wondered. I wasn't making any decision. I just was thoughtful about that and, and pensive. And then I, I left that conversation with Mr. Brown and Miss Vila thinking, what an exemplar, you know? Like I, I think I didn't realize what I was walking into when I got there. And then I left there and I thought, Man, I have so much to learn. It's just the context is so different. The work we do is is so similar, but the context we do it in is so different that I felt I, I just left that conversation really inspired. Now I'm crying and I can't even help it. <laughs> I I feel like it um every trip that that we've had uh an opportunity to go together, but every trip, you know, that, that I've made certainly it's just like a punch in the gut. Like every, every single time. time, every single time you're like, every even time. when you've gone and you, you, you have an idea like what to expect, you go down there and then the you're like. the first trip there. So yeah, like we kind of know what we're walking into. Yeah. They're, in some ways. They're incredible. And, um, you know, maybe this is like a, this is a Christian school. Um, yes. and, and you can hear it in the interviews that you, um, that you, that you did and, and how they naturally sort of work that there's no separation between their faith and the work that they're doing and yeah. that it is their it is their mission it is their ministry and um I, like to me like what's resonated 
more than anything is just the way that they worship and with with it's like yeah. an unbridled worship um and they they worship uh, in in what they in sort of their craft and what they do it's like it's like honoring god no matter what it is that they do um and you know when you get them and actually they're like singing and dancing i mean it's it's like on another level like it's yeah. just it's just the best experience and like one quick little story from the first trip um you know i i, I was i was there back in, in 2010 and i was kind of walking through the village and i had a camera with me and we just completed a really long day full of interviews visiting water wells and, and and talking to a lot of different people and when we got back to the church which was like home base there was a uh, there were a group of women that were there and one of them had a guitar and they were just they, they didn't know we were coming back like this wasn't like a stage thing like they they were just worshiping and they were they were playing the guitar and they were singing with and, and like raising their their voices up to the heavens and it was it i i like they were dancing and just having the best time and it, it sort of inspired there's like a video that still exists on facebook somewhere that where i just like i i put i gave the camera to somebody else because i i captured a lot of it like when I, I came back and i just started dancing like with them and, and singing and it was just it was contagious and it and every time i go back you experience that same like level of of worship and and um and and in a connection to a higher power with the work that they do right so it's that big picture thinking again right where they're just like they're thinking about more than just what's right in front of them today which i find myself often dropped in like what's right in front of me today what do i have to attack right now and i lose sight of how it's connected to everything else that's important to me in my life and so i just feel like there's so many things that i take away from going to liberia every time every single time um and I, I mean, I could I could honestly talk about this for hours upon hours upon hours, we but love, I wouldn't. We I love won't. you, Liberia. We, we do. love you, Liberia. Um, we love our our friends and our our family in Liberia. Um, so let's listen to what Mr. Brown said he took away from our time being in Liberia. The first thing is that you said that um, if we build our students just on knowledge, it will be like we just producing students with intelligent but not wise. Not yeah. And we need wisdom. In we our need world. wisdom. So we need to incorporate the the six levels of bloom taxonomy. Yeah. Yeah. So I I thought on that and it blew my mind. I like, <laughs> <laughs> and I said yes, she's right. She's right. That's why we have uh, many educators that are able to solve problems right. because they cannot think right. They cannot evaluate to synthesize things mm-hmm. or create things. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why. And the last thing you said is that um, as an educator, whenever you say a bad stuff to a child, it's like you are putting money out of the person's bag. Yeah. And to fill that gap that you have created, you should say three positive things mm-hmm. to that individual. Mm-hmm. And I thought on it also. <laughs> and actually, you were right. Mm-hmm. 
because wars have power. They do. They do. They can build you up or they can tear they you down. You. Yeah. yeah. First, those are not my original ideas. <laughs> <laughs> of course, but you but shared that with me. Thank so you. That's I'm glad I'm, that yeah, they. Okay. I'm glad that you found them useful. Yeah. Those are definitely not my original ideas. <laughs> you, were, you were worried about plagiarism in Liberia during your, your interview yeah, with Mr. Brown. Like, You're like, hold, hold up, up. Don't, don't, don't get me, me sued. I don't want to get sued here. The podcast is kind of blowing up and I don't want to let me. No, I wasn't thinking that. Uh, but I was thinking, um, I, I really appreciated him saying what he, <laughs> what he took away from what Amanda and I were talking through. Um, I don't think I've said enough. Amanda Pyle is amazing. Yeah. She, her, yeah. Her, her and John she, were great to, to travel with. Just like on another level. They just, they're with it. And uh, we Amanda understands that creativity has a very specific role in defining, in like self-definition, like who you think you are um, and in designing anything. And so we really had an opportunity to just listen, Amanda and I, to the teachers and to, to sort of think through um, where we felt we could give a little bit of something somewhere. And so it was fun to listen to Mr. Brown say that, that those things were important and that he resonated with them and that they mattered. Um, and I, I told him all the things that I've already said that I was inspired by too, that, I, you know, that my takeaways from... from visiting Liberia a third time or that we're more similar than we are different and that I should always think big picture and and reevaluate my place in a big in a higher calling and in the work that we're doing um I don't know what are you feeling after you hear all those clips because I should say too that Carlos was not Carlos was doing his own thing you were doing your own thing in Liberia we weren't always doing the exact same thing um, we talked to same of the same, some of the same people, but he he was really doing a ten year checkup on all of the five things that Liberia does, Liberia now does, and I was there for the education part. And so all of those conversations that I had with with Ama and with Bindu and with Mr. Brown and with Diana, those were not conversations that Carlos and I had together. So this was the first time that he's hearing those conversations so i don't know carlos like what are what are your what are your takeaways uh, well i mean I, I think um it's it's uh i'm a little jealous like you got some really great interviews um <laughs> like but, interviewing carlos thing i don't know I'm like, he, I'm, like he can't get I'm away little, with, he can't get away from it we're sitting here I'm kinda, on the miseducation podcast and he wants to know like he's interviewing me yeah i'm kind of <laughs> bummed out like i'm like hey this is what i do like stay out of my lane you know what i mean like why are you <laughs> Why are you getting all these awesome lanes, interviews? This is my thing. You, I'm, I'm going to go be an educator now. That's Actually, what, I'm just like, a I'm gonna... talker is what it is. Like, I don't think I really interviewed anyone. I just wanted to find out, like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? And then and then, I was just fortunate enough to be lent a microphone. So No, yeah. I mean, you you had great conversations. And I, I mean, I think it, the dynamic's a little different when, when you can just sit down and, and have a, a conversation about something that you both, like that you're both very passionate about. And I think, you know, like with what we're doing, like we've, there's a camera on them and, um, uh, and um, you know, we were, it's just a, a little bit different. It's a little bit more structured. And, but I still feel like you, you captured through those interviews, 
like what what we've come to to what I've come to learn and and you know in, in all the years that I've gone and it's just like like there there's no bad interview like there's not a bad interview you go and and they they're they're not missing a beat they're they're they understand um uh what it is that that um will really make a difference you know in their country and they they have this like feeling of responsibility of of wanting to um be a part of the solution and just this level of gratitude you know for for us being there and it and it's you know we we get to be the ambassadors for really what what is a a congregation of a, a church that's supporting the work that we're doing we wouldn't be there right. without city church and Absolutely. and and the individual donations that um city church is getting uh, that's going to the social action ministry and then and some of the other partners that liberia now has so we get to be on the front lines but it's really that investment in 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 people and in the work that they're doing and there's just this level of gratitude but understanding too that like we're just scratching the surface like there's so much more work that can be done um and so you know like what would you tell your friends or your colleagues people that 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 want to know like how can i get involved like what, what can i do to to be a part of this i mean first and foremost you can follow everybody on social media right you can follow city church downtown you can follow city church or bandera road city church you can follow Liberia now. You can follow me. You can follow Carlos. You can follow Key Ideas. Like all of those places have um, a, a direct tie to the work that's being done in Liberia. Um, but you can go to the Liberia now website and you can make a donation, or you can just call me and we can just sit down and talk. Um, or you can find me on social media and send me a message if you're really interested in, in ways that you can get involved because we are working on ways to stay involved, right? Like we are obviously personally very invested and connected, um, but we're, we're, we're with a team of people, with John and Amanda and with others, um, with Liberia now, we're, we're designing ways for people to be involved and, and to get connected. Uh, financially or otherwise i mean certainly you can make a financial contribution but there are other ways that you can stay connected to the work that's being done um and if you're just interested you can just find one of us and we can talk about it yeah and if there's anybody that wants to help them build the third story of their building which is what they're working on and you just want to you know give a major gift that would be awesome too yeah 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 uh they have the first floor is finished out. The second floor is finished out. The third floor has no roof. Right. Yeah. So they're working on building more classrooms. We have pictures too. Like we yeah. have pictures on our social media accounts if you're if you are in the least bit interested. Um, and there, the third floor will house a science lab, and it'll also have a school auditorium. Which those two things alone set that school apart in comparison to other standard schools in Liberia. Um, so it's all really very exciting. It's a beautiful facility. The other thing that they, their other big initiative and their next step is to to build a, um, to enclose the school. Because that, having the school enclosed, building a wall around the school adds a level of security and safety that is very, it's very distinguishing in Liberia. It's one of the things parents really want is to know that the school is very safe and that it's set apart from anything 
that could present a danger to it. And so that's really important to them. So that's their next big step um, is the third floor and then also building the, the enclosure around the school. Yeah. yeah. So if you got $100,000 lying around <laughs> or you just want to... Yeah, we you know if a hundred people gave a thousand dollars exactly. You got more than a hundred listeners, right? I don't know. I know. I think my mom mostly listens to all the podcasts, and she doesn't have a hundred thousand dollars. She wants to give me. Yeah. Do you, mom? She might. You. I mean, if you do, you know where to find me. Yeah, we should do Um, it. Anyway, I will just say, like, I love that I got to do this with Carlos. Um, I love that our paths cross all of the time, professionally obviously personally um i think it's kind of cool that we get to sit down and talk about something like this and that it's directly tied to the work we both do yeah you know the only reason we hadn't gone is we we had a a a baby she's five her name's elise she's beautiful she's awesome and so we hadn't had an opportunity to go um since then but like to me this is this is why I do the work that I do. Like when I, yeah, I've had key ideas for 17 years. We haven't always done the kind of work that we do, mission-driven storytelling. And it really, there was a shift that happened when I traveled to Liberia for the first time um, and realized that there are so many important stories uh, to tell. And um, we traveled a really long way to tell those stories and bring them back to people that could help. Um, But there's, 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 plenty of stories wherever we go and and important stories to share in the city. Um, But it was really, you know, that trip to Liberia that really changed and and sort of informed and sort of shaped the the work that we do as a company. Um, And so it, it, it means a lot to go back and stay connected um, because they, um, they just have a special place in in our heart and the history of, of key ideas. And, um, and so I just love that, that I've had an opportunity to go with you, have that experience together and um, hopefully continue to, to go and, and tell those stories. Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Miss Education. <laughs> You're welcome. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miss Education. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.